You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, December 8th. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with some of your thoughts on the show, some of your questions, maybe, some of your comments, just any of your concerns, perhaps, just share them with me, and I'll get back to you, and maybe even get back to you here on the show. Today's episode, guys, is actually not what I had promised you before. I am sorry. I still I wanted to actually add a little bit of a, a fun little twist, I guess, on some of the episodes I was planning with the offseason wish list and the top 20 plays. So instead, I did t- I did make something a little bit more Padres-centric because lately, I feel like I've been a little bit generalizing. You know what I mean? I've been just kind of talking to people. So I added something that had a little bit more to do with the Padres. I'm talking to Kevin Weiss of the Locked On Rays podcast because, if you guys don't know, the Rays and Padres really ranked uh, linked together. A whole lot, you know. It's it's actually been pretty funny how much they're linked together. We talk about Blake Snell. We talk a little bit about the World Series and some of those type of things, and just what we're expecting in the off season. Of course, I brag a bit about the Jake Cronenworth and Tommy Pham trade. So yeah, guys, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's a a good nerdy talk. I feel like I haven't had a real hardcore nerdy talk on baseball in a while. So uh, definitely, I think you guys are gonna enjoy it. So without further ado, guys, let's get into part one. Here we go. All right, everybody, all you good folks out there, I am being joined by another good fellow. It is my buddy who I haven't talked to in what feels like a year because that's how 2020 is. Uh, It's Mr. Kevin Weiss of the Locked On Rays podcast. Sir, how are you? Doing well, Javi. I mean, you say it feels like a year. It feels like a century to me, Um, especially all that transpired with uh, COVID-19 and then baseball and uh, it's been a crazy, crazy year. I'm, I'm definitely, I, I don't think I'm the only one that's uh, looking forward to 2021 and, and really, quite frankly, the next baseball season as well. Yeah, absolutely, bad. I mean, and this was, a, it was a great season for both of our teams, too. I, I mean, honestly, like, it, 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 in actuality, I think both of our teams, while it didn't end the way uh, we wanted it to, I know, have you recovered uh, succinctly enough? Have you recovered from the, the ending of the World Series? Have you gotten over it yet? What has that been like? Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, we have to keep things into perspective. This is the furthest that the Rays have ever gotten uh, in baseball. They've never gotten to a game six of the World Series. So I Mm -hmm. consider that a win. The fact that they even made it to the World Series and all that transpired between, I mean, they had to go through uh, quite a lot this year to get to that point. And, I mean, there was, it wasn't even easy getting out of the, the ALDS and facing the Yankees and then the Astros and the ALCS. So, I mean, if you're a Rays fan, I, I don't think you should feel any disappointment about what the, the Rays did to get to this point. And let's be frank. I mean, the, the Rays were pretty overmatched. I mean, we can talk about the game six Blake Snell mm-hmm. decision and Kevin Cash making the pull, yeah. but uh, the Rays still have to score some runs uh, to win that game at the end of the day and, and to go on and, and win a game seven. So, um, yeah, I've, I've quite frankly moved on from it. I think what helped is the fact that uh, there's other sports going on. There's a lot of stuff in the Tampa Bay area with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Toronto yeah. Raptors training and having 
uh, NBA basketball, believe it or not, being played in, in Tampa Bay as their new temporary home. So uh, it, it, it actually has kind of worked out if you're uh, – and, and, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, there should be a, a lot to be proud of and, and excited about if you're uh, a Tampa Bay sports fan and not just a Rays fan there. Yeah, it's a good point, man. It's I, I appreciate your upbeat attitude, you know, because it's it really was like an all. First of all, the game. Oh, wow, now I'm forgetting which one. I think it's game five, uh, or maybe it was game four. The the legendary just home plate ending fiasco. All the just the, the all the errors by the Dodgers. This is one of the all timer kind of playoff games that I could remember seeing. And then, of course, you know, what was your when you had like in the moment, because I know everybody says like it was everyone thought it was a bad decision. Were you also, I assume, of the mind that like they made Kevin Cash made the wrong decision? Like in the moment where you're like, wait, what are we doing? This guy's dealing and he's throwing like 70 pitches. What are we doing? That That's a great question. And in the moment, I thought because this is something that the Rays have been doing all season. They really haven't let a lot of their starters go past third time through the order or see third time the order especially Blake Snell as he was kind of throughout the entire season he was working his way up and into form um it was one of those things where I think Tyler Glasson was really the only guy that the Rays consistently would let go six seven innings um so this is something where I mean 50 percent of the innings were going to be pitched by a starter and 50 percent of the innings for the most part were going to be taken by the bullpen that in the moment I thought when they were pulling Blake Snell, I thought, okay, I understand it. But when they put in Nick Anderson, who had been overused and worn yeah. down, and you could tell, I mean, he had been hit like he has never been hit before in his career and that he is just he's just worn out. I think it's fatigue and, and just all the – I mean, he had pitched so much already in the postseason that I thought that was a mistake, the fact that they went to Nick Anderson instead of another reliever. I, I would totally understand and be on board with it if they had gone with Diego Castillo or even Pete Fairbanks or even a, a side armor, you know, really switch it up. Okay, go from the lefty Snell to the, the side winder on the right side, Ryan Thompson, and, and give the Dodgers a little bit of a different look. So I didn't really have the visceral reaction of, oh, what is going on? Why are you taking out Blake Snell? Because this has been really par for the course for the Rays up to this point. It was just who they replaced him with, not necessarily that they replaced him uh, at that moment. And, you know, this is what decisions like that is, quite frankly, what brought the Rays to the dance. They don't get to the World Series without having mm-hmm. the bullpen step up and pitch so many different innings. I mean, there's a reason why they, they won so many one-run ball games and, and won so many tightly contested games that, it you know, we're, we're just so quick to react and say, oh, that was a terrible – it's very easy to manage – from the couch with uh, some Doritos in your hand and, 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 a, and, a, and an adult bag in the other hand, whereas th- there's so much that is taken into account with that. So, you know, and I just try to kind of look at things like, yes, I'm a sports fan and I follow the Rays and everything like that, but, like, even if the Rays won the World Series, I, I would still have, I mean, at this point in December, I still would move on from it. I, I mean, I, I've got things to do. I've got chores to do. I've got a job to do. Like, at some point, you, like, I mean, the Stanley Cup, I mean, are, are people, you wonder, are, are they waking up every day thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest day on earth, the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley No, you move on with your life, and, and that's just kind of what it is. I, I, I just sort of take sports, like, I, I watch it, and I, I move on from it, sort of like a movie or a television show. Yeah, like the immediate aftermath, I'll discuss it a little bit, but I've, I've totally, totally moved on um, 
since then. So I don't know. I guess I answered your question there. But yes, I, I in the moment, yes, I, I, I was the, the the decision was a little bit questionable, but it was more so who they replaced him with than the fact that they replaced him in the fifth inning, or I guess, I, I mean, it's so lost on me now, but that they really didn't want him to go third time to the order facing Mookie Betts in, in that top of the Dodgers lineup there. Yeah, and that's funny. <laughs> Just move on. You know, he got other things to be excited about. You know, that's how I feel sometimes too when people are like, hey, man, like, we want the season to resume and all these things. I'm like, yeah, I do too. But like, I don't know. I got books to read. I got movies to watch. Like it's not the ultimate end of the world for me. If the Padres are, or all of baseball was just suspended for a lot longer, which obviously didn't happen, which was great. Uh, that was a whole yeah. thing too. Um, and yeah, I think just my quick thing out of Blake Snell, I, I do agree. Cause it's like, they did get there by playing that way. Uh, the Rays and they kind of, that's just how they manage their team. I do think though, that I land in the place of, I think you have to like, kind of, think a little bit differently when you get into the playoffs and start not necessarily just going by the Princeton kid who with the shirt coming out of college and who's sitting up in the the thing and tells, you know, you got to take out Blake stuff. I think sometimes in the playoffs, it's a little bit different of a situation, but still, um, you know, it, it, it happens, but it's, and I, I do not, uh, uh blame people for being upset it was absolutely justified it was absolutely ridiculous what happened um but i'll tell you one thing is it might have helped the padres it might have maybe not helped the padres but it might have i don't know if it led the door open but now all of a sudden as you might be familiar um blake snell might be on the trading block i don't know if you've heard this kevin blake snell the guy who's won a Young for the Rays before i think he won a Young, right yes uh, yeah, yeah, okay okay I'm not just imagining that. Okay, okay. So first of all, what is your? T- Let's start with just the in a vacuum, like the idea of the Rays trading Blake's now. How do you feel about that? You know, it's really interesting because I mean, if there's one thing that really makes my head scratch is the fact that it seems like the Rays right now are like totally rebuilding and I mean, just upsetting the apple cart with all the moves. I mean, this team is going to look completely different than the World Series team because Charlie Morton is gone to to Atlanta and they've already let go of so many other players that were on this World Series team. And I know you have to make tweaks and things like that, but um, this has been something that we always knew was going to happen at the race at some point uh, during the course of his five-year, $50 million contract that they were going to trade him and that they were going to move off from him. I thought it would maybe happen in 2022, maybe 2023, not as soon as 2021, but of course the pandemic and um, everything being taken into account, maybe, you know, there's, I think a lot that goes into this in the fact that you wonder with Blake's now being taken out and how the Rays are managing the pitching staff in the starting mm-hmm. rotation, that if Blake's now has kind of indicated, uh, you know, he's not that happy. He's not that happy. Yeah. He, despite what he says in the public eye, the fact that, you know, the Rays don't have a catcher right now. He doesn't know who he's going to throw to in 2021. They've lost, I mean, a clubhouse leader, just a guy who, and it, that's an understatement to call Charlie Morton a clubhouse leader. He is just a, a great guy that has really helped bring the team together. Um, and then, of course, how, you know, Blake Snell, he's, he's a Cy Young Award winner. He's in his prime. Is he the type of guy that, that wants to be taken out after five innings, or does he want to go to a place that's going to let him kind of really ride deep? Let me go six. Let me go seven. Let me try to go eight uh, at some point. And of course, there was that whole, the whole uh, bad PR fiasco of talking about getting his money and everything like right. that. I was right just thinking about first. that. 
season started, just a lot of things that are being taken into account there. And, and the fact that the Rays are, I mean, they, they are shedding payroll. And, and Blake Snell and Kevin Kiermaier, those are the, the two biggest contracts, really the only two big contracts, if you want to call them that, that are on the book. So I think this is something where the Rays are just thinking, we're going to move on and, and try to get what we can, try to try to do a Chris Archer-esque deal, although the difference, of course, would be you would assume that Blake Snell would be much more productive to the team that he yeah. lands to rather than Chris Archer. Um, but, of course, Snell has had his history of injury issues and troubles over the years as well. There's been some varying things that have happened with him. Um, but, honestly, it totally does not surprise me. I mean, my co-host on the Lockdown Rage podcast, Ulysses, who yep. you know, I know you're familiar with, I mean, we had kind of discussed this, that you know, they're, they're going to have to move on from Snell at some point. We just didn't mm-hmm. necessarily think it was going to be a 2021 where he's expected to make $10.5 million if it's a, if it's a traditional 162-game season. But, you know, I've, I've kind of come to grips with the fact that I understand it if, if that's the route you want to go, but just make sure you get a really big haul and a big return, whether that's a, a, a young starting pitcher that's cheap, a, a, a catcher, some big-name prospects. Like, you can't screw this one up. If you trade Blake Snell, you better be sure that the return you get is going to – you're going to have basically the next Blake Snell or as close as it can be, uh, whoever's going to replace him in the rotation. Because right now the rotation, there's a lot of question marks about it. Yeah, you've got Glass now uh, and Ryan Yarbrough, but you trade Snell, it's, it's really kind of you're, – you're not really sure who you're going to throw in, in there. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are, that are prospects that are – highly highly touted and talked about but i don't know if there's anybody really that's ready to step into that role and dominate right away i mean you can talk about yanni trinos but he's going to miss all of the all of next year brendan mckay is likely going to be out for a large portion of next year as well so that's the other thing is there's a lot of a lot of injuries that have to be considered as well so um you know if i had to guess i mean you, you talk about the padres i think i think snell would probably be a good fit on the West Coast for sure. I mean, he's from Seattle, mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that he could, maybe he is traded to the Seattle Mariners or maybe one of the L.A. teams or one of the California teams. I think that makes a lot of sense and um, maybe getting a change of scenery there. He seems like a, a coast-to-coast guy. Either it's got to be on the, the East Coast or the West Coast. I don't know how well he would do in the med- Midwest and so forth as a young guy that, um, you know, he's trying to make a name for himself and, you know, get his, he's got the video game platform and he's got his clothing line and everything mm-hmm. like that. He wants to be able to market it and promote that and what better way to do that in, in a place like L.A. And the other thing, too, that I totally forgot to mention and I totally disregarded was the fact that that may speed up the uh, Snell trade talk process, uh, process there is uh, he recently hired Scott Boris as his agent. And Scott Boris is no friend to the Tampa Bay Rays, and I think that feeling yeah. is mutual. So, um, if, if I'm guessing, I, I, I'm guessing that uh, this is going to be something where um, the, the Rays are, even though like, I, I don't know, you know, in, in the media they've said, "Oh, we're willing to listen to stuff." I think that means they're they're going to try to shop. They they're they're trying to they want to do as much as they can to get that ten and a half million off the books. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you raise a good point. This is just it's very like a raised situation to be in right now with the with Blake Snell. And it's also a good point. Kind of a low key little bit of a tumultuous season for Blake Snell. You know, first of all, just the fact that the way they use him from the beginning of the season, just 
I don't know if he was upset by it at the beginning as much as maybe they were just trying to monitor him and stuff, but it would be weird. I know it hurt me in fantasy baseball just being like, what the heck? This guy's only going two innings now. Um, yeah. And then you look at it like the preseason thing with the comments about getting paid, which I think were I think it was fair to criticize and un- understand where he was coming from. Uh, that was just my take on the whole situation. And and then you have this this whole World Series fiasco. So it's very interesting what's going to happen there. I do say, though, one of my things that I keep saying all the time, and maybe this is optimistic thinking on my part, you let me know. I have to admit, every time there's some big name guy who might get traded, this goes for uh, basketball too, actually, I, I would say. Everyone always assumes that it's going to take so much, right? So a lot of people would probably assume that the Padres have to give up one of their their four prospects, their, their four golden boys, right? They got to give up Gore, Abrams, Campizano, or Patino. You would assume that, right? But... Then I look again and I look back at what just our, you know, the recent trade uh, with Hunter Redfro, which we'll get into uh, later that happened in, in uh, before the season, obviously. And then I look back at something like the David Price trade, which from what I remember, they just got Drew Smiley and like, I think some uh, Nick Franklin, if I'm not mistaken, in that trade. Yeah. And that wasn't like too much. And at the time, everybody was like, whoa, because David Price at the time is coming off as Cy Young. His K rate is up. He's kind of performing better in a lot of ways. And to see him get traded, you everyone assumes, oh, they're going to have to throw the kitchen sink. Like, they have to give up everything. And they end up not really giving every, everything. You could argue that maybe those other guys in that trade were prospects and they just didn't pan out. But even at the time, people reacted to it differently. So I don't necessarily know. Do you have anything you would want the Rays to get from the Padres in particular? Or is this kind of like a situation where you're just like, Hey, just get something and don't make it a trade that you're doing just to get rid of them because you want to get rid of them. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And a couple of things um, to mention. You mentioned Tommy Pham. And first off, uh, you also mentioned the tumultual offseason for Blake Snell. I totally mm-hmm. forgot to mention uh, the, the whole Twitch thing when uh, Pham was traded that Blake Snell went off on the video game platform and, you know, said <laughs> something along the so we gave fam up for Renfro and a damn flat blank prospect. So that was another thing. So Snell's brought a lot of bad PR to the Rays over the last 12 months. And, um, you know, that's just Blake Snell for you in a nutshell. But I think with, as far as, I, I think with Blake Snell, they wouldn't do that. They want to make sure they get a really good for uh, a return for him, as opposed to Kevin Kiermeyer where I think they'd be willing if there was a team out there that needs a center fielder or wants a guy like Kevin Kiermaier that all intents and purposes, the Rays would be almost willing to do like a salary dump thing because there's so much, uh, there's so much depth in the outfield right now. Manny Margot could mm-hmm. slide in and be the, the starting center fielder. We of course know about Randy Ross Arena. There's uh, Josh Lowe, who's another really good center field prospect, not to mention um, some other guys out there as well. Um, that can, that can play the position pretty well, too. But um, for Blake Snell, I think they want to make sure – it's got to be – I think it's really got to be the right offer for him as opposed to, you know, you've you got to have somebody make him I, – I, I totally understand where they, they would want to do that with Kevin Kiermaier, but if you do that with Blake Snell, that's like – that's totally, I feel like, a slap in the face where, um, you know, I think with Snell what you'd want is you need a – you need a – I would think you need a pitcher back. And if I'm not sure that the Padres farm system or somebody at the big league level, I think they, they really need some catching help. I mean, they've got one catcher on the 40-man roster, and he hasn't played above A-ball. 
Now they may try mm-hmm. to bring back Mike Pino and maybe Kevin Smith for cheaper deals, but they have, I mean, they are totally all in doubling down on making sure they find um, some good catchers. Ideally a catcher that, that can hit and provide some offense, something that has been uh, scarce for the Rays over the years, uh, or, you know, when they do have a guy that is productive offensively, they, they don't want to pay him or they, they move off of them, a la Travis Tarnow and Wilson Ramos. So I think, you know, either in the Blake Snell trade, if there is a trade, or somewhere else, they're looking for catching help, catching prospects, guys who are, are ready to, to step up and, and to be a, a regular starter. I think that's something there. So, you know, something along the lines of, you know, maybe it's a, a combination of a cheap, big league ready player, position player, maybe it's a catcher, and maybe it's a, a young pitcher too. And I think that would probably about satisfy uh, what, you'd, what you'd get in return for Blake Snell. At least that's how I see it as of right now. You would think there would be a ton of interest from, you know, not just the Padres. I think the other thing that works for in the Rays' favor with this is, you know, trading Blake Snell, a former Cy Young Award winner, who $10.5 is not a lot, and $30-plus yeah. million dollars over the next three years. I mean, you have, you have and not comparing Snell to Garrett Cole, but, I mean, the, the Yanks pay Garrett Cole $30-plus million a year. So you're getting really good value there. And you look at a team like I think the Angels would be a great fit if they have enough of uh, if they have enough to give up for Blake Snell because they, they've been talking about I mean, they, they need desperately starting pitching help. I mean, Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, those guys aren't going anywhere unless they have some really good starting pitchers. So I think there's definitely going to be a competitive market out there for any team that, that is looking for that top-of-the-line starter. So I think that's really what makes the difference here, as opposed to, you know, we talk about Kevin Kiermaier, where, you know, you can find a good defensive center fielder out there, or a good defensive outfielder. I mean, there's, I think, Jackie Bradley Jr. is out there on the market. There's other guys, too, that can kind of do what he does. So I think that would be more of a, all right, we'll take, you know, a couple low-end prospects, just take this money off our books. Whereas Blinks, now, they really want to make sure they get, I mean, this is kind of, this is their golden ticket. This is their lottery ticket to really kind of retool, and I don't want to say rebuild, but really add some young, cheap talent. I mean, again, going back to the Chris Archer deal, the, the Rays got re- three really good prospects, um, and I think that's probably what they're going to be looking for w- with Snell if, if they do pull this thing off. And cut, everybody. That is it for part one of my conversation with Mr. Kevin Weiss of the Locked on Rays podcast. In the next part, you can expect a whole lot of good stuff on the Tama fam, Jake Cronenworth type of bragging and all that stuff to continue the conversation and conclude it there. Definitely want to listen to that, guys. And also, I really recommend you guys checking out the Locked on MLB podcast by Sully, who, unlike me, is very, very consistent, (laughs) I'd say, with his scheduling and whatnot. He's always available. He's always doing great pods. He even does one on Sunday. That man does not rest. He has not heard of the term sleep before. He is just loving, loving, loving every minute of talking about baseball. He always does. So I really recommend listening to that podcast, especially if you're, especially if you're just into like baseball history. I think that that's one of the greatest strengths of the podcast. He's, he's really great at going through. One day he'll be talking about, you know, Joe Morgan, and then the next day he'll be talking about, you know, uh, uh, Hunter Renfro. I don't know. You get what I mean. Like, he's very modern, and then uh, he, he throws a lot of good there. You know, I'm, I'm hyping out the podcast almost too much at this point, so just go listen to it and decide for yourselves. You know what I mean, guys? So definitely go check that out. Um, but, yeah, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, himalaya stitcher just 
wherever, man, wherever you'll find it. I, I, I just guarantee you, it's on your podcast delivery service. I, I promise you, it's on there. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind, while you're at it, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go send me some five star reviews of the show. That make me all nice and lovely, blubbly, and cozy and warm inside. I guess you could say. Uh, and until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.